Well, good evening, and uh, again, uh, we're uh, marching our way toward Christmas. I, uh, I, I know that you had such a wonderful time of celebration and what God did this past weekend at Christmas celebration on Sunday at 9 and 1030, and we're looking forward to what God has in store for our church family and for the communities of Seven Cities um, by, uh, uh, with Hometown Christmas. It's going to be a great time. Uh, the 18th and the 19th, it's going to be a, a, a wonderful celebration, a wonder, wonderful time of fun, but a great opportunity to invite and to reach out to our community and just to bless the seven cities. So I want to encourage you to be a part. If you, uh, if you haven't signed up to uh, be a, a, a volunteer and help welcome and host and other op- opportunities, encourage you to do that. Uh, we need you. We need you. We need you. Uh, and uh, at the very least, please come and bring somebody with you. It's going to be a great time for family and friends and neighbors, uh, so you be sure and invite, invite, invite. Uh, If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 149. Uh, This is the last uh, of our Christmas psalms that we're going to look at, the series in the Christmas psalms. And I want to thank you for joining with us every single week. It's a, I, it's a blessing for me, but I hope uh, that it is the blessing uh, that God has for you as he opens his word to you uh, and to those who gather with you uh, to celebrate what he, the message that he's given us. Now, as we march toward Christmas, uh, one of the things that I love, and I don't know if you've watched it yet, but it's a wonderful life, right? And uh, the movie, um, uh, It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. And uh, we'll probably watch it uh, before this holiday season is over, before Christmas season is done. But uh, if you don't know about the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, the main character is George Bailey, and, and that's the character Jimmy Stewart plays. And, and Jimmy Stewart uh, is uh, in this town of Bedford Falls. And and he is kind of the advocate and the champion for the underdog. He's the one that, that helps the common person. But because he always is pressing himself into a place of advocacy for others, it seems like he gets the short end of a stick, especially by the rich man in town, uh, Mr. Potter. Uh, well, uh, things hit a big crisis, and George Bailey, Jimmy Stewart, is uh, uh, just devastated. Uh, he thinks his life is over, uh, and he uh, almost makes a wish uh, that he had never been born. Well, the rest of the movie uh, plays out what happened to Bedford Falls and to those that George Bailey loved. What would happen if George Bailey had never been born? Uh, what would happen? And it shows the devastation and, and uh, uh, how things are rotten and bad and the difference that George Bailey made. Uh, tonight, I want us to think, what if Jesus had never been born? Oh, what, what would life be like if Jesus had never been born? Can I give you some, some answers to that? If Jesus had never been born, life would be empty. It would be a daily walk in darkness covered by the shroud of death. We see this in Isaiah 9-2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow, upon them a light has shined. That light is Jesus, and if Jesus had never been born, we'd still be walking in darkness. If Jesus had never been born, we would live under the cancerous chaos of the devil's power unhindered. 
If Jesus had never been born, we would live under the cancerous chaos of the devil's power unhindered. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. If Jesus had never been born, the works of the devil would remain. But because Jesus was born, hell has been defeated. Imagine the darkest dark, the most fearsome fear, the most hopeless hopelessness, the most chilling chill of a joyless life without uh, love or victory. Imagine a world without color, uh, where it's always winter and never Christmas. That's our world if Jesus had never been born. If Jesus had never been born, there would be no escape from the dreary landscape of a hopeless, loveless, lifeless existence, no escape from the wounds of a heart unhealed, no escape from a captivity that binds us to the failures of our life, no escape from the mourning of a soul that longs for love and peace but never finds it. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, the opening of prison to those who are bound, to comfort those who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty, to replace their ashes, the oil of joy, to take away their mourning garments, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If Jesus had never been born, we would live chained to a wintry wilderness under the deathly chilly veil of the darkest shadows. Well, the people in the day of, uh, of Psalm 149, we're looking for escape from that dreary landscape. Um, they longed for a day when God would move in a singularly miraculous way to set their lives right. And God led the psalmist to see that day. And that psalmist wrote on the, uh, wrote on the soul, uh, God wrote on the soul of that psalmist a song of victory for us to sing that teaches us the beauty of Christmas. Psalm 149, verses 1 through 3. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and the harp. There will be a day when the chill of winter would thaw and the veil of death's darkness would be removed. There would be a day of victory that would change lives and hearts forever. There would be a day when God's love and his power and his peace and his purpose would invade the world in a unique and peculiar way. When would this day happen? It has happened in the pages of our human history. It has happened for all who would see it. It happened on the day when Jesus Christ was born at Christmas. On that day, God unveils the beautiful life for you and for me. God unveils this beautiful life that we all long to taste and see through Christ at Christmas. The beauty of Christmas is Jesus Christ himself. Oh, we have a song of celebration because Jesus Christ, born in Bethlehem, God with us, the Savior of the world, has brought us beauty and victory. And God has given us Jesus, and we celebrate that through this psalm, this, this praise the, law, the Lord kind of psalm, this Hallel psalm, this, this uh, we're going to sing and we're going to dance victory and beauty. When we look at this passage today, and we're going to lean into a couple of verses, uh, but as we look at this 
psalm, we begin in verses 1 through 3 with that celebration of God's great work that we have tasted because we know Jesus Christ who was born at Christmas. Yes, God unveils a beautiful life for you and me through the Christ of Christmas. Are you walking in that beauty? Are you celebrating that beauty? Have you lost sight of that beauty? It's a beautiful life because first and foremost, through Jesus, we find God's favor. Yes, Jesus is the one who brings God's favor to us so that we might taste it, so that we might experience it. Where God's favor rests, there is victory in everyday life. Where God's favor rests, there is joy in everyday life. Where God's favor rests, there is beauty. Look at Psalm 149, verse 4. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. All right, so uh, uh, stick with me here. Uh, The Lord takes pleasure in his people. We know that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was written in Greek, two different languages. Uh, But we also know that the Hebrew Bible was translated uh, into Greek. It's called the Septuagint. When you look at the Septuagint version, the the Greek version of the Hebrew Bible, and you look at uh, Psalm 149, verse 4, the verb takes pleasure, the Lord takes pleasure in his people. That verb, takes pleasure, is the same verb that we hear the angels declare in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. You remember, suddenly the Sky was filled with a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, uh, goodwill to men. That term goodwill is the same term as take, takes pleasure. Other translations say uh, peace, on, uh, peace on earth upon those, uh, for those upon whom God's favor rests. Here's the deal. Jesus brought favor to us. It is this uh, idea of grace upon grace. Satisfaction for God that gives satisfaction for our soul. When we look at Christmas, we're looking at the very picture of favor. Favor is what God does for us to bless us when we don't deserve it and can't earn it. That's favor. Favor is what God does for us in providing rescue for our sin in the person of Jesus. Uh, Favor is God sending his son to die for sinners in their place upon a cross. Uh, Favor is what we experience because we by faith have trusted Jesus and we've now entered into God's family. We find favor and that favor entered the scene of human history for you and me at Christmas. Jesus is born. Favor has come. And now we experience the beauty of life. The beauty of life isn't found because we've achieved certain goals. It's not found because uh, we uh, think a certain way or uh, walk a certain path. Look, beauty is found because we are accepted by God. And when you are accepted by God, my goodness, there is the beauty of life. And God 
through Christ accepts you. Fully and completely and without reservation. Yeah, there's a reason that we should praise the Lord with the psalmist. That God takes pleasure in us. Uh, The second part of this verse, though, verse 4, tells us not only through Jesus do we find the beauty of God's favor, but also, number two, through Jesus we find the beauty of God's rescue. Where God's favor rests, there is beauty. Where God's rescue reaches, there is beauty. Look at verse 4 again. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. Now, here's what he says. He will beautify the humble with salvation. The psalmist saw God bringing victory to the broken people, those, those who are humbled by circumstance, but more importantly, humble before the Lord. Uh, a term describing humble is a term that describes someone who's uh, perhaps been beaten and broken by life, but one who acknowledges their need of God and their submission to him. And God says, all right, You're in need. My answer is my son Jesus, and I'm sending him your way. And he's going to be born in Bethlehem, and he's going to uh, change the world. He is going to heal what's broken in you. He is going to rescue your soul. God sent Jesus to bring beauty to broken people like you and me, broken uh, by our sin, broken uh, by circumstance. You know, ultimately... Uh, What breaks us completely is our distance from God. And the greatest remedy to our greatest brokenness is to be reconciled to God. And that's the ministry of reconciliation that Jesus fulfilled. He came to reconcile sinners like you and me to a holy God. That's why God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. That's why Jesus came so that he might set us free from condemnation. For what, that we, for, for what we could not do and that we were weak in the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who are walking not according to flesh, but according to the Spirit. That's Romans 8. Listen, what Jesus has done is he's changed the game for sinners like you and me. He's given us a chance. A chance to be part of God's family. A chance to walk in a beautiful life. A life that we couldn't create on our own. A life that only he could create for us by rescuing us from the brokenness of our sin. The good news is, is that work that heals us is the same work that Jesus continues to do in binding up our broken hearts and broken dreams and, 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 and failings and mistakes. Even when I sin today as a follower of Jesus, I have an advocate before the Father, Jesus, the Son of God, who makes intercession for me. And when I confess my sin before him, God is faithful and just to forgive my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Yes, the the brokenness of life is healed completely by Jesus, the Savior. And that's what gives us the beautiful life. God's rescue through Jesus, inaugurated at Christmas. We can walk in a beautiful life. At Simeon, 
you know, y'all, y'all remember, so um, Christmas story, uh, Jesus is a young boy, uh, or a, a, a child, uh, infant, carried to uh, the temple to be uh, circumcised, and, and there are two saints there, Anna and Simeon. Simeon sees Jesus, um, and, and his, the landscape of his life has changed. He'd been longing for uh, the rescuer to come, that, uh, that moment of God's great movement when the gift of love would restore life. And, and he saw it, Jesus, and he recognized this is God's rescue. Luke chapter 2, verses 29 and following says, Lord, Simeon says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Simeon understood the beauty uh, that Jesus brought to his life. Do you understand the beauty that Jesus brought and is bringing to your life? Today, today I pray that you might see the beauty of his rescue and how that changes everything for you. Jesus Christ is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the prince of peace, the everlasting Father. He is uh, Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Savior born, and His coming offers us victory uh, uh, to us and to the world. He gives us beauty. Because of Christ at Christmas, we have a new song of victory and beauty that we can live in and sing. God has moved in a miraculous way to set His favor upon us. So we declare and sing and dance in this victory that belongs to us because we belong to Jesus. And we can receive the joy and the celebration that God sends our way through Jesus. If we believe on him and turn from our sin, we can find this joy that the psalmist is singing about that Simeon declares that the angels announced. We must praise the Lord, though. As we experience that joy, if you are here today and you've experienced it, praise the Lord. Christ has come, and he's set your life right. Um, Christmas is crazy. It is. There are more events that are happening for me in the next uh, 10 days than, than I can shake a stick at. And it's not that they're bad. It's just busy. It gets crazy. It gets crazy relationally. It gets crazy emotionally. Uh, it gets crazy in time constraints. It gets crazy for, for all of us, followers of Jesus, the church. What a tremendous reminder for us today that at core, our job as followers of Jesus is simply to praise the Lord. For he has given us the beautiful life. When George Bailey Uh, awoke from his vision of Bedford Falls if he had never been born. He uh, went running down the streets of Bedford Falls with a new attitude, a new perspective. He he celebrated everything that previously he had complained about. He, He saw his life with a new vision. My prayer for you and for me is that we would see our lives through the lens of Christ's rescuing love that has invaded our world, invaded our soul, and given us a new perspective. 
Jesus has come. He has been born. And he's changed my life. I pray he's changed yours. So let's live like it. With celebration in our soul and joy in our step, let's tell others what Jesus has done for us. Have a Merry Christmas. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, infinitely above all, uh, above and beyond all that we ask or imagine according to the power at work in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to every generation forever and ever. Amen. Merry Christmas. Good night.